This morning, our gospel lessons, I mean, I'm sorry, our New Testament lesson is going to come from 2 Timothy. We're reading from 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, 1 through 10. You then, my child, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me through many witnesses, entrust to faithful people who will be able to teach others as well. Share in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one suffering the army gets entangled in everyday affairs. The soldier's aim is to please the enlisting officer. And in the case of an athlete, no one is crowned without competing according to the rules. It is a farmer who does the work who ought to have the first share in the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in all things. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know how many of y'all, if you ever went to the coast, know the town of Wiggins. It's kind of halfway between Hattiesburg and the Gulf Coast. Wiggins is always one of those good little places to stop. A lot of stuff's come up on the highway uh, since back in the day. But, you know, Wiggins is kind of right there, about 45 minutes outside of Hattiesburg. And if you ever noticed when you were driving to the coast, there was always, right as you left town, on the right-hand side, a restaurant. Uh, it's closed now. But it was called the Sawmill Cafe. It was, um, it was, I guess, maybe their version of, of, of Mama Hamels. A buffet. It was good, good stuff. You know, you'd walk in and you'd feel your arteries hardening as you sat down because of all the unhealthy food in there. You know, it was a place that was right there. You know, it's closed now, but a lot of folks ate there throughout the years. Back when I was in Pedal, I ate at the Sawmill Cafe a fairly common number of times, almost once a month, because when I was in Pedal as pastor of Asbury, Bill McAlilly was on the Gulf Coast. Bill was the seashore district superintendent. And when I was young in ministry, um, Bill, for some bizarre reason, kind of took me under his wing. He and I would eat lunch together about once a month at the Sawmill Cafe, and it was, it was an interesting time because Bill was, you know, leading the coast out of recovery from, from uh, Katrina, and he was in the middle of, of running for bishop, and like he would, we would talk about ministry, and I would ask him questions about what he thought about the things happening at Asbury, and the growth we were having, and how we, could, how we could grow and be a healthy church in a healthy manner, and, and I would ask him all these questions, and I would learn so much from him, and then, and then he would let me read some of the stuff that he was thinking about, some of the stuff he was writing about, some of the stuff he was working on, and so there I was, like a sponge, just kind of soaking up wisdom, just trying to learn and grow grow and just get so much wisdom from him and from what he had experienced. And it was such a blessing to me. So every time now I go down the coast and I, and I pass by the Sawmill Cafe, I think about those times. In 2015, when I was appointed to St. Matthew's, I got two phone calls very quickly after my appointment was announced. One was from Hank Winstead. Hank was the longtime pastor of Wesley. United Methodist Church, and then helps Wesley transition to becoming St. Matthew's. Hank was retired at that time, living in the Hattiesburg area. He had, he had left 
St. Matthew's and become the DS in Hattiesburg. And in fact, the church that I was serving at that point, Asbury, Hank was DS when that church started. And Hank was very instrumental in helping Asbury start. And Hank just called me and reached out to me and said, hey, I'm excited for you and excited for St. Matthew's and I'm praying for you. And there were times after I moved here, I would just call Hank or call Ann. I'd go by and check on him whenever I was in Hattiesburg. And I thought, my goodness, what a gift that I have to get to learn from this pastor. And maybe the second phone call I got was from Steve Castile. And Steve, and Steve said, let's get together for coffee. So we met at, this is when the new Starbucks there was just open off Highland Colony. And we sat there and we talked about ministry. We talked about what St. Matthew's was and the church that it was. And Steve gave me wisdom on what I could learn going into there and how I could lead effectively and well. And me and Steve meet for coffee about once a month at the Cups right off Lake Harbor. And every time we meet, I ask questions. I say, this is what I'm thinking about. What do you think? You know, give me feedback. Give me wisdom. And I look at my ministry and my life, and I've been so blessed so blessed to have these pastors who have done so much for the kingdom of God and have affected so many life for some bizarre reason, particularly when I was even younger, to, to take time with me, to, to pour into me, to, I don't know, if see something in me, but to give me wisdom and advice and counsel. And I just think about how incredibly fortunate how blessed I have been that these pastors ha have taken interest and given so much to me. I think about Carl Grubbs when I was in the Delta. And Carl was at First Methodist Indianola, probably the largest church in the Delta at that point. I was serving three little churches. My biggest church was Lynn, and on a good Sunday, it had 22 people. Like, on the chart, here's insignificant. I'm down here. Like, I'm 10 feet below insignificant. And yet he took time, like Bill, like Hank, like Steve, to just pour into me and teach me and mentor me. And for, I always wondered why. Why did these people who had a thousand other things on their plate decide to do this for me, to give me this gift? As, as I've gotten older and my beard has gotten more gray, and my hair has gotten more gray. As Holly, we were sitting this morning uh, drinking coffee, and she looked down from, I was sitting on the couch, and she was in the kitchen and said, your head got sunburned yesterday. I'm like, yeah, it did. She said, yeah, I can see it through your gray hair. I'm like, thanks. Really, really felt good this morning at 7 o'clock in the morning to get that little, little boost of encouragement there. Last week, you may know, I was down on the coast preaching a camp meeting in Van Cleve. And there's this young pastor who I've come to get to know throughout the last few years. And I, I, man, he's smart. He is smart and has a wisdom that is just pretty amazing for a young pastor like that. I've been just impressed with the way he thinks and thinks through things. As so I was in, I was in uh, the coast and I texted him and said, hey, I'm here for a week preaching. Let's grab breakfast. And he said, come on. So I, I actually went to his house last week and he made his pancakes, waffles rather, and I played with his daughters before they were getting ready to go to school. And, and after they left, we just sat and talked about some of the things he's doing at his church and some of the innovative ways he's connecting with his community and some of the, the teaching he's doing. And he told me about some of the podcasts he listened to and some of the books that he's read. And so I've got a list of stuff I need to listen to now. 
Later this week, I'm going to grab, grab lunch with a pastor closer to where he lives and just talk through some ministry stuff that he has going on in ways maybe I can help him think through that. And I've got another younger pastor that we meet every so often for coffee and talk about writing sermons and how do we, how do we, how do we write better sermons and, and, and teach and preach better. And one day I was finishing up a conversation with one of these pastors and I, I text Bill and I said, I get it now. I said, after these years, I get it. I understand now why you took time with me, why Steve took time with me, why Hank did. When I spend time with these younger pastors, I, I, I'm blessed. I don't know if they're getting anything out of it. But I know when I spend time with them and when I share what little wisdom I've been given from others and pass it on to them, I know that I'm strengthened. And I know that I feel more confident. I know that I feel more called and I know that I feel more blessed. And I've learned that when I am mentoring these pastors, when I'm giving what little I can to help them in their ministry, I know that I am strengthened and I am better. And my life and my faith and my teaching are better. I'm a better pastor and friend and husband and father because when I pour into others, then I receive the blessing. I received the blessing this morning in, in 8.30, Catherine Heron. It was, it, was it was a Heron morning because we had between Catherine and Brian and Kay. We just, you, you've hit all the Herons today. Um, she talked so beautifully in the children's moment this morning at 8.30 about how she's grown to teach some of our younger kids. She has learned so much about the Bible by teaching. And isn't that the way it is, friends? Isn't that the way it is? When we teach, we learn. When we teach others, we learn. When we pour into others, we are the one who is blessed. It's like the prayer of St. Francis that I shared a few weeks back. It's in the giving that we receive. And so when we give, when we serve, when we do these things, we are strengthened. And our faith becomes more alive. And we are the one who gets the blessing from the giving. That's why we do it. That's why we teach. That's why we do these things. So today, we see Paul and Timothy. Paul, Paul's great. I love Paul. Paul's the best. Paul, I mean, you see him in Corinth. And he basically tells the Corinthians, guys, when I get there, I can come nice or I can come with a whip. You make the decision. Paul is one step above Corinth saying, do you want me to take my belt off? Like, that's what Paul is. Paul is done with them. And he's ready to just whoop them. Just give everybody a whooping. Just everybody's going to timeout. Everybody's getting a whooping. I'm done with all y'all. That's how Paul feels in Corinthians. So we get, this, we get this feeling of Paul that he's gruff and mean and harsh. But what does he say to Timothy today? You then, my child, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus. We see Paul with Timothy show a sense of kindness and tenderness as a father talking to his child. I love later in Timothy, he tells him, he says, when you come see me, grab my, grab my favorite cloak. He's like saying, when you come see me, bring, bring my coat. You know, you know the coat I'm talking about, right? You know the one I like. Bring that one to me. You see, you see a tenderness and a kindness and a depth 
of Paul's relationship with Timothy. That is beautiful. First and second Timothy are just beautiful books to read because of that tenderness. And what we see here is that Paul is telling Timothy, hey, remember what I taught you. Remember what I taught you. And Paul is sharing with Timothy, his faith is strengthened, and he receives benefit, and he grows. And likewise, Timothy is, is having Paul pour into him and mentor him. He's having the apostle Paul walk beside him and teach him. But then we see in this passage here the real beauty of it. What do we see? We see that Timothy is then going to take what Paul taught him and pass it on to the church. And there is the beauty of how this works. And there is the beauty of why we teach. There's the beauty of why we give. There's the beauty in why we serve. There's the beauty in why we do this. Because when we, when we take our stewardship card here and we pray over it, and we give financially, or we plug into the ministry of the church, or we teach, we are blessed, y'all. It's when we give that we are blessed. It's when we give and serve that our faith grows deep and grows roots. That's when our faith sticks. It's when we are giving in our faith. When we do that, we are blessed as the giver. But likewise, the one who receives is blessed because their faith grows. Timothy was blessed by Paul's teaching, but do you then see what happens with Timothy? Timothy then takes what Paul is taught, and he teaches others. And the church grows, and the church prospers, and the church impacts the world with Jesus. One of the things I think, one of the blessings of our church is this. You know, I mean, let's, I'll just name the elephant in the room. We, you look around, we say, gosh, there's not as many people here as it was before. Some stuff, shall we say. But if you look at our total numbers, our total numbers are still incredibly strong for any type of church, but particularly a Methodist church in Mississippi. You know, like our, one of the blessings of our church is that we have everything a larger church can offer. Programming-wise, mission-wise, service-wise. We have everything any church, a larger church can offer, but we have smaller services so you get to know each other. And you can build relationships with each other in Sunday school, in worship, and across the whole of our church. So we kind of have that double blessing of having being large enough to offer anything a larger church can offer while being small enough to actually get to know the folks sitting beside you in the pews and the folks in your Sunday school class. That's a rarity, y'all, and that's a blessing. And I think that's one of the things that makes our church so relational is because of that. But so because of that means we don't always know each other. So, for instance, we had at 8.30 this morning an entire floor full of kids because a lot of our young adults come to 8.30 because their kids are used to getting up early. They come to 8.30, they go to Sunday school, and they go home and take a nap. As one of the kids said in Sunday school, what are you doing today? I'm going to church, I'm going to Sunday school, I'm taking a nap, and I'm coming back. That's what she said in children's mind. That's exactly right. And that's what they do. And so we are blessed, y'all. I got a call from a pastor yesterday who has a young man in his church who's looking for a place with young families. And he said, I know that y'all have a lot of young families in your church. I'm like, we do. So when you come to early service, when you come to Wednesday Night Live and you see the back half of Heart Hall, full of kids. As Steve, when I one day was in, I looked around. Steve said, "Andy, I've never seen a church this young." 
Now, it's in different places, so we may not always feel it. But trust me, friends, when I tell you it is there. As somebody that sees the whole shooting match, it's there. And so when we take time as church members to pour into people, A, we get to know them because we may not know them. They might go to another service than we go to. They may go to intersection, or they may go to 830, or they may go to 11. And we may not even know we go to church together with each other. So when we serve in these areas, and we give in these areas, we get to know the whole of our church. But when we do that, we impact these children. We impact these students. Come to Fall Fest today. You're going to see a bunch of youth and the preacher and Bailey in the Duncan booth. <laughs> and Bailey says, y'all can't dunk him. That's the noise. He says he's undunkable. <laughs> so that sounds like a challenge to me. So you want to come to Fall Fest today, y'all, and see these kids. Because here's what I want you to know. These kids, our youth, they're not the future of the church. They are our church. And God has blessed our church in ways that we see and that we don't see with these. And God is blessing us. So when we teach, when we give, when we do these things, we receive a blessing. They receive a blessing. And then our church receives a blessing. And the church can then go forth and make disciples. Because the world has never needed Jesus more than the world needs Jesus right now. And so when we live out the good news of Jesus, the world is changed. Christ is lifted up and lives are changed for the sake of the gospel. That's why we do this, y'all. That's what it's about. And that's why we do it. When we pour into our children, when we pour into our students, when we pour into each other, the church is strengthened and the gospel is proclaimed. That's why we do it. That's the purpose, and that's the point. And when we do that, we're blessed. They are blessed. The church is blessed. The world is blessed because of the efforts of the church. In the um, latest Star Wars movie, uh, came out a few years back, Rise of Skywalker, it's all right, it's, all right. It, it's, it's fine. Drew's a nerd like me. It's, it's fine. It's all, it's all right. It's no, it's no Return of the Jedi, but it's all right. There's a scene there towards the end of it where Luke is having a conversation with Yoda. And as you all know from your Star Wars history, um, Yoda was Luke's mentor. And then Luke mentored Rey, who was the main character from the newest movies. And Rey's going off to fight the bad guys, as Jedi's always do. And Luke and Yoda are having a conversation. And Yoda tells Luke, they grow beyond who we are. That is the burden for every master. When you pour into somebody, y'all, when you pour into the children, to the youth, to each other, you're going to see them grow. And then you're going to know this, that your legacy is not just you. But your legacy is what you pass on. Paul understood that with Timothy. That Paul passed on to Timothy what he knew. And Timothy took it and ran with it. And the church was better for it. We pass on what we knew. I have received, so I have passed on. You have received, so you pass on. And it is that moment, y'all. It is that moment when we take what we have been given and we give it to others. Give it to the church. Give it to the kingdom. Our faith comes alive. Their faith comes alive, 
and Christ is proclaimed for a world in need of salvation. When we do that, when we do that, that is when our faith truly leaps off the page and becomes a living, breathing gift that through the grace of Christ can redeem the world. So yes, we give, we serve, we teach. And we do these things, we are blessed. They are blessed. The church is blessed. And the world is blessed by Christ as seen through us as the church. May that be our mission. May that be our calling. And may that be our goal to teach, to give, to serve, to be the ones who pass on what we have been given. May we live that out. Let's pray.